Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me is my brother Nicholas. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Today is Monday, November 23rd. November 23rd? Yes. Yep. And this is episode 66. No icing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. All right, and before we get into it, we are once again joined by a special guest. You guys know him. You guys, he's been in a number of episodes now. I so. think we should upgrade him from guest to frequent contributor. Frequent hey. contributor status. Ed, welcome to the show once again. What's up? Glad to be here. Looking forward to we it. Got, we got a lot of things to talk about today, and you guys will you guys will pick up on that very quickly. But anyways... We'll start it off as we always do with the Boston Red Sox, and because we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, a little bit of a little bit of news recently, and that is that Alex Cora is officially back in the skipper position for the Boston Red Sox. I think it's it's an interesting move. It's definitely going to be a little controversial after everything that's that's happened. I'm going to start off by saying I personally am happy about it. I was rooting for him to come back, but I'll open it up to you guys. Uh, Nicholas, we'll start off with you. Where do you stand on the Cora rehiring? Obviously, as like a huge Boston Red Sox fan, this is this is a good move, I think. You bring in a guy who knows the system, knows still a lot of the players there, brought us to a, you know, a World Series championship. Um, but, you know, taking that, that outsider's perspective, maybe that bigger view. I, th- it's tough because I think this just gives people another reason to hate the Red Sox. I mean, there's never been a shortage of those, but I, that's my point. <laughs> Anyways, Ed, over to you. I want to see what you got to got to say about this. Uh, one. Well, um, a, I'm excited about it. Um, I think realistically, this was the plan all along. I don't think there really was any doubt that he wasn't going to come back. Like, no way were the Sox going to go into next season with Renecki as manager. Like, that was not going to happen. And I, there, wasn't, there wasn't really a better option on the table. Um, but looking at it, yeah, again, from a non-fan point of view, um, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at the Sox. I think people will be more mad at Manfred and the MLB uh because it, it just plays into yeah, how the hell point. can this guy get a job still like i think people are more mad at that like i don't think people can really blame the Sox for bringing him back after how terrible they were without him granted he wasn't the only reason um but how well he's managed and i think a lot of people agree that they'd almost be stupid to not bring him back um or for somebody to just pass on him in general just because he's a proven manager with or without what happened in Houston, nothing happened with the Sox. So he knows his stuff. Um, and so I, I think people will be more mad just at Manfred because it's, it's another show of how he didn't really do anything to punish the Astros for what they did. Yeah. He's on a hot streak of just not 
really laying the hammer down when he has the opportunity to. And also the other Houston's old manager didn't go back to Houston, but he also landed a job, right? Exactly. After after um AJ Hinch became the Detroit became Detroit's GM or manager, I was like, mm, there's no question that Core is not coming back. Like I was he's say, coming like, back. The second he landed a job, it's like, all right, so basically we have the green light for Cora to exactly. get a job, if not come back to the Red Sox. And there's a bunch of other Manafred banter we could get into, but we'll we'll save him that for now. We'll, yeah, we'll... I think that's a good point. I like if the Red Sox didn't hire him, someone was gonna hire him. He's too exactly. good. He's proven himself, like you said, had too much to not land a job somewhere because I mean, you see it in sports all the time that people are willing to kind of put aside some other issues in, as long as like to bring in a, a good player, coach, manager, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, the argument you could make is then why would you fire him? Just wait out the suspension. But I honestly think it would have looked a lot worse if they just didn't fire him while Hinch um, got fired instead, instead of just waiting out his suspension. Like they had to fire him. But again, there was no better option on the market. Um, so yeah, they. Had- I wouldn't be surprised if there was a conversation in a closed room somewhere that's like, "Hey, we're gonna do this, but don't worry. Like, we'll hit you up in a year." Yeah, I was gonna and say. I, they- I guarantee they had that plan in place before they even fired him in the in the first place. No, and especially once we moved Renecki from bench coach to to manager, I was like, "They're they're gonna try to bring back Cora." Like. They're not just going to go with Renecki for a season if they don't. Like, it just showed that they didn't really try to search for a manager and the fact that they knew Cora was coming back. All right, well, we'll move on from that. Also, Alex Cora, a coach that knows when to keep his ace in the game. We'll just throw that one out there. Sucks yeah. me the raise. Uh, we also have a new bench coach. We don't have it written down what his name is, so I have no clue who this dude is, but I can look it up if you guys want to. I mean, if you guys. I really didn't write it. this in, so you must have put this in here. <laughs> And it's, not put um, his name. Oh, I can picture his it's, face. It's too. the new. It was the, it was the Cubs, Cubs third, third base coach. coach. All right, yeah. you guys say something about him. I'm gonna look it up. I mean, I don't really, I don't really know much about him, but I think it makes sense that you know Renecki was not gonna move back to that position. He yeah. obviously got dealt a pretty bad hand with this. I was year gonna in say general. I wouldn't have been mad if we moved Renecki back. To be honest, like I feel kind of bad for him because it was like here, just be a replacement with all this terrible this terrible, terrible roster. I, I think if whatever. we, I think if we have like a 500 season or maybe an average season, you would be right. But I think the fact that it was pretty pathetic might've, might've yeah. played into that a little bit. But you factor in COVID season. Like, I don't know. I felt a little bad. Like I felt like it was just given a really bad hand. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. James, you got a name for us yet? We have Will Venable or Venable. One of those. Great. We'll see how he does, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't really have a lot to add on this. Uh, I mean, he looks like a younger guy as well. And that's really a trend in baseball and sports in general. You see a lot more of these younger guys coming in, and it's it's one that's going to bond with the players better. They're going to understand kind of their position. I think it also helps deal with that whole seeing your manager in like this super high position of power, which can be a good and bad thing. We don't really need to get into that now, but... Uh, just another guy that'll spice up this team and just so happy to have Cora back and just a name and a face that I trust on the bench uh, managing this team. I'm very excited for it and just hoping that this next season can be so far removed from what this last season was. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> a manager is not going to fix all our problems. We have a lot more problems than just Absolutely. that manager. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Heim Bloom is trying to fix some of that. Like um, there's been rumors about J.A. Happ maybe signing with us. Um, also, there's been rumors swirling today about Chris Bryant, a trade for Chris Bryant potentially happening. This is the Mets third baseman? Cubs. Cubs, right? Cubs third um, baseman. Third oh, baseman. interesting. Third third base Cubs. Oh, well, they're not on the field at the same time, James, but that's all right. Um, Unless the they're on base, right obviously. Now, so. I, I don't know if I, I – I would love to have Chris Bryant here. I'm a big fan of him. But and he would add a lot to our offense, but I don't totally know if that's like our biggest necessity right now. Pitching, Actually, no, I, I know say, it's not yeah. our biggest necessity, bro. Give me Trevor um, Bauer any day of the week. Just he won, just for his he won, uh, he won rookie of the year, right? Or Cy, Cy Young, Young. Cy Young, not a rookie, not a rookie. Not sorry, a rookie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that dude is like that dude is Rob Manifred's worst nightmare, which makes him all, all the better, but. I mean, we can yeah. we could probably save that for a future week. I mean, we got we got a couple months before. Springer's Stop. also on the market. Um, I mean, as, but like George get, Springer, as in of the Astros. Yes. yes. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Um, Springer, I don't know, man. Brian, I I would love to have Brian, but they also talked about if he does come here, he'll be moving to left field. He's a third baseman right now. Yeah, you don't replace. Um, and stubbers. if we get Brian or Springer, like. That basically means either JBJ has left or is going to leave. Like he's not going to sign with us again. Yeah. Um, well, hold on. If if Bryant moves to left field, will that push Benny to center and then? Yeah, which is his natural right? position anyway. Oh, but he okay. Also, he plays left field. Like he plays the wall. I was gonna say he, he plays play. The he green knows monster what he's very well. So he has a knack for that, That's and fair. not every player does. Which I would be a little concerned about. Bring in someone Bryant there. I mean, you could um, maybe move Verdugo over. I don't know like what his stance is, but he's a younger guy. He's kind of known a little bit more for his defense. I don't know about Chris Bryant in the outfield, obviously. But I mean, we got options. I don't. I don't want to harp on this too long. Yeah, because we, we do have months. Gonna, yeah, there's a lot so of rumors. We don't know what's longer. gonna happen. So. Basically, yeah, we have no clue what's going on. Cora's back. We're happy about it. Cora's a gonna, start. Cora's a start about. It's definitely moving. Trying the right to direction. become relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> trying to not be so far behind. It's amazing how much ground we could lose in just sixty games. I'm just glad. Yeah, I'm just glad this was a sixty game season. Yeah, so. I, I was like, I'm gonna watch baseball this season. And about ten games in, I'm like, you know, what? maybe maybe this isn't the season for it. Anyways, we. Oh boy. If that's any indication of how this episode's gonna go, man. Uh, we're moving I mean, on the Celtics, and we got some good, bad, and in between news. We'll start off with the good. That is that Jason Tatum got that bag, hundred and ninety-five million dollars over five years. I think we've all been just waiting for this to happen. We've said lock yep. up Jalen Brown. We did that. We've said lock up Tatum. We've gone and done it. We need to lock up Marcus Smart. We'll talk about. I that. believe. I'll I'll look up his contract, yeah, but I believe contract, he is um, locked up for a couple of years. It's funny because we were talking about, I think the day before Tatum signed this contract, Donovan Mitchell, or even earlier in the day, Donovan Mitchell signed the same deal in Utah. And I just remember Nicholas, he said, wow, that was a lot of money. And then we paid Tatum. We we're like, that is the best we could have spent that money that we have. But it's because I don't watch um, Donovan Mitchell that yeah, much. But obviously, but I, mean, I mean, I mean, this is a move Celtics fans have been waiting for since his rookie year. Yeah, you I saw mean, you saw the potential of the guy, and we got I mean, that really, dude at number three, man. That's that's still insane to me. After we just basically committed theft on the Brooklyn Nets, but 
Jason Tatum getting paid all the money that he deserves if he even plays at a fraction of the level he's played at the last couple of years with this team. And, you know, securing those building blocks, those fundamental guys that we want to see play out their careers in Boston. Anyone has anything to say about that? Just feel Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find Smart's I mean, contract. Yeah. And again, it's not, I don't think it's anything surprising. Great news to hear, but I think it's something we've all been waiting on. Um, and also have that reassurance that he's here. Uh, kind of Danny Ainge was able to do what the Sox weren't able to do with bets, which I was glad to see, but you know, it is what it is. Glad, glad that he's here for at least five more years. Yeah, All right, then, so oh, hold on. Sorry, but Marcus Smart is through the 2021 slash 22 season, so two more years. Okay. So yeah, he's he's up next because we got Brown through 2024. Now we got Tatum through 27, 26, 27, somewhere in there, somewhere in that range. So yeah, I think I may think Marcus Smart is your next guy, and that's a guy that I think would be willing to take a little bit less money to to stay in Boston. But I mean we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh the absolutely correct move on Tatum, I think. I think that's the general consensus and now maybe into someone we didn't didn't follow through on. Yeah, and basically where this money went instead or didn't go rather. Uh Gordon Hayward opting out of his contract his last year of his contract with the uh celtics instead signing a four-year 120 million dollar deal with the hornets and i'm gonna be completely honest am i sad to see him go yes i really liked him on this team would i have been happy if the celtics had re-upped his contract and paid him this money not at all it would have completely taken away from what we're trying to do building with tatum building with brown and if this is the price of keeping Jason Tatum in Boston, that's a price I'm willing to pay. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about it or how you guys feel about Gordon Hayward. I mean, it wasn't like we got rid of him. He just simply opted out. So, I mean, I'll let you guys talk about yeah, it. Yeah, go, I mean, go ahead, Ed. There, there wasn't much that uh, Danny Ainge could have really done. Obviously, there was talks of trying to trade up in the draft um, on draft night whether that was a package with our picks and stuff or trying to work out a sign and trade with Hayward. Um, and in fact, even later after the draft, there was talks with Indiana of maybe having a sign and trade. Um, but there wasn't much Ainge could have done once Charlotte was like, here's $120 million. Can't blame um, him for that. Cause that's just a ridiculous amount of money to spend for Hayward right now at at this point of his, I was his say, career. We gave him what a, a very similar deal four years ago, and we're like, um, oh, completely worth it. But I hate I to think say it, every he's not playing at that level. Of, every team almost really outside of Charlotte can agree that's too much money for Gordon Hayward. Um, and so, I mean, it sucks that we lost out, but there wasn't much we could have done. We don't get anything in return. We don't even get to clear any cap space because of his contract. So we lost out, but there wasn't really much we could have done. I mean, he opted out, so we don't have to pay him. That's the deal, but... No, but it, it, his cap still carries. Oh, okay. I mean, in in the days before this, you kind of saw this coming. His his opt-out option was on a Tuesday, I believe. They negotiated. They moved it to a thir- the Thursday, so a couple days later, and then he officially 
opted out and you saw this deal. So in, in those couple of days, and you're right with like kind of the rumors swirling, you kind of had a sense that maybe he was walking. Um, I mean, he's missed something like I saw through, the, I think it's how over a hundred games he's missed over a hundred games over the last three years for the Celtics. I mean, obviously not playing his first games and the birth of one of his children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously that, I think that ankle injury very clearly changed the course of his career, unfortunately. And that's, that's terrible for, I think he's a very likable guy. Like you, James, I did like him on the team. I don't think he brought what we expected him to bring. Maybe Uh, again, I think that's due to the injury. Uh, Did I want to pay him this amount of money? Absolutely not. So, you know, good for him, go and do what he has to do. And like you said, if this is, if this is the price for for keeping Tatum in Boston for five more years, I am more than willing to to take that sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, for and, uh, sure. Like, yeah. I'll At go, the end of the day, ahead. like we lost out. Even with the sign and trade, I don't think we were going to be able to get a player necessarily better than what Hayward brought um, to the Celtics. Uh, so once he opted out, unless he came back on like a friendlier deal, reconstructed deal, which I didn't think was really going to happen. Um, I knew we were going to be losing out on something. Um, unfortunately, it was the worst case scenario where we literally get nothing in return. But again, what are you going to do about it? We lost out. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I mean, once again, to just kind of reiterate what you guys have said, too, I'm all for him going out and get like if you can go out and get that money. By all means, because I like you said, Ed, I don't think most other teams in the NBA are going to pay you that money. So by all means, go out and get it. And no, exactly, yeah. I was going to say, I, I didn't really see Boston giving him, what, another 30 mil a year in the future for what he's playing at. He's a guy that we talked about a lot with his presence on the court and just having to cover him. But unfortunately, after that injury, like just not playing at the level he was when he came out of Utah when we signed him in free agency. But... That's that. It's written here. Another star walks from Boston. This one really doesn't hurt as much as a lot of the others have. So I don't really think we need to get into that as much. It's slightly become a trend that a lot of big names are leaving, but I, I don't know that like it's a real big talking. No, point I, I mean, I just put sadness. that in there because of like the last couple of years, but that's a totally different subject that maybe we can touch on when uh, we don't have a lot to talk about. But moving forward here, you know, a couple of other. Uh, moves the Celtics have made over the past uh, week. Ennis Cantor gets dealt to the, I forget who it was. A he three, ended up with the, the Trailblazers, right? Trailblazers. Yeah, I in a three-way about. trade, I believe we got a draft pick or something from. Oh, we got a future pick from Memphis. Yeah, uh, is it, I think it's like a conditional one, so it's based on like how they perform or something. Yeah. Well, at that rate, um, we're good. A very standard Danny Ainge trade, I would say. <laughs> uh, we also sign. Well, let's talk about other guys that have walked. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, we did not pick up his option. He has now signed a deal with the Warriors. Counts as walking when we just didn't give him like, oh, you you don't play for us anymore. Yeah, okay. Phrase that pretty poorly. Uh, Now, you know, some other interesting moves. We signed Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson. Um, Jeff Teague's pretty old, right? James, you and I were talking about this last night, I think. Yeah, he's, he's... I can look up how old he is. He's been around for a minute, but honestly, he's not the man of note in this. He's uh, 32. Um, 
I think a great veteran presence to bring to this team. I'm honestly excited about it. I'm not like, oh my goodness, we landed Jeff Teague. Yes, that is the great, like, whatever. I but, think it's a it's a good shooter to bring off the bench to support, you know, Brown. Uh, I almost just said Hayward, not Hayward. Uh, no, smart. Not Brown and Smart off the bench. So I, I do like it. I, I think it was just a one-year deal. I don't think it was that much money, so not a huge... And I, I think it's a guy that brings an older presence that this team lacks with just like being in the game for that long. I don't know what is like what teams he's really played for or if they've had deep playoff runs because we do really lack players who've had true playoff runs and know what it what it takes to you know win a game. He's been on a seven. He started on Atlanta for six or seven years. He was on Indiana and Minnesota for a couple. So he's probably never seen the playoffs. Back to, back to Atlanta, and now he's on the on the Celtics. I, remember, uh, I think in Atlanta, he may have seen it not. once with the Pacers. No, I think with Atlanta, he gave us trouble back in the playoffs. Actually, um, he was an all he was an all star back in 2014, 2015. Yeah, I think that was the season. Where we we were in the playoff. I think that you was that might have been those with what IT at that point. Probably yeah, that was like a, Isaiah Thomas, Kelly Olynyk, um, Jay Crowder, I hate that all guy. those guys. That was fun, fun team to watch. Um, yeah, besides Olynyk, but I remember he he was giving us trouble. I think in the playoffs. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like I I, I do like what you're saying. Then James, uh, a veteran with with some experience, whether it's playoffs or not, just to bring kind of that that leadership and maybe more of a, a support role on this team. Uh, that's not the main thing we want to talk about. Tristan Thompson. Uh, Notorious bad boy. Uh, he's he's accumulated some bad press outside of the basketball world for various reasons. If you follow the Kardashians, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but this is kind of a move that... I wanted the Celtics to make not necessarily him, but we went out and we got a big man who can also shoot the ball too, which is, which fits in very well on this, with this positionless system. offense team. I, uh, you know, he's, where's his height on here? Why is his height not listed right away? Six, nine. Nice. He's 29. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just going to be a guy that adds another layer of depth to this team. Uh, I have seen like, if we now have Tristan Thompson, where's that put Daniel Tice, which that is going to be an interesting thing, but I, I don't think we need to dive into it a ton. We'll kind of let that unfold as it happens. But a guy that is one where he, if you set aside his off court doings and it's nothing terrible, he just cheated on a Kardashian, which is like, it's not good, but it's in the world of things that people have done outside of the game, not the worst. It's funny if you like a Google him, none of his basketball stuff comes up. It's all stuff about the Kardashians and everything. Anyways, but, yes, we've already talked about the Kardashians more in one episode than we ever need to on this podcast. He's, and we ever he's have. a good player. He's well, he's, he won a ring in, uh, in Cleveland, right? With LeBron. He must have. I think he's only been on Cleveland, right? But a, a guy who once again, he's going to know what it takes to get it done. He took down one of the best Warriors teams we've seen in recent history and a guy that's I think really going to just add another great layer of depth like you said this positionless offense. He can if he's a big guy, he can get in the paint, hopefully get rebounds. I think he won, had one of the highest average rebounds per game last season. He can shoot yeah, the I think three he ball. averaged he averaged over 10 rebounds per game. So he's just going to be a, a good presence on this court, I hope. And I I don't know Ed, we've said a lot. If you have anything else to 
Uh, we'll just kind of recap, I guess, on all the moves the Celtics have made. Um, I think they've done the best that they can where they're at right now and what transpired. Um, I think they made a lot of really good moves. They really bolstered up their bench uh, with Tristan Thompson and Teague, but also with their draft picks. I think um, Neesmith, is that, that's how you pronounce it, right? I believe so. They, Probably they know more about the drafts than we do. <laughs> Kid out of Vandy's like he's a walking bucket, dude. Dude can shoot, um, and I think he could add a lot coming off the bench. Um, also, the kid out of Oregon, I think, will help. Uh, and that's kind of something we saw this past year, you know, especially in the playoff. Not not in in the playoffs, but um, when we got back to the bubble, you know, those guys, Romeo Langford, like those guys, adding depth off the bench that we had had drafted. Exactly. Uh, so this and is I something. Think it was something, something we've been missing. We've really been missing since like Terry Rozier left. Like we didn't have like that guy that when our starters are flat, we can rely on to get something going off the bench. Um, and so I think we made some good moves to bolster that up. Uh, we didn't really get a all-star big that we really wanted. Um, unless we still make a move, but who knows? Maybe Robert Williams. I'm in on time Warren. Maybe, maybe he's the answer. Um, I don't think the Celtics need a total all-star big, um, but just enough. Somebody. I mean, I don't think we have the money for an all-star big. Well, we, well that's what I mean. We we say. We're going to start running that. into those. We've made it very clear with the contracts we have. Like, this is this is a win-now team. This is a team that's no. looking to and go. I think building around just Tatum and Brown being our core, um, we can be effective. We just need I somebody mean, enough to go yeah now you've got the next four or five years with these two guys to to put the pieces in place to you know try to grab a championship or two or which again time Lord showed flashes last year so i'm all for him getting more minutes Um, i honestly didn't think tice was the worst either i think a very solid guy that i think is a little little underappreciated with some you know some very good bigs in this league oh yeah and he would also hit some big threes yeah, he was a guy that could actually shoot relatively well when it came to it. And it, like, it wasn't like shoot first big, but he was a guy that if he could get open, you know, he's he just another option you have out there. And also, yeah, the guy we drafted from Oregon, I just remember because his name's really funny, Peyton Pritchard, Oregon. And then we brought, um, didn't we get somebody from the Euro League with like our 46? We got a dude from Israel, Yam Madar. Madar, yeah. Yeah. Have those guys officially we just drafted them though. We haven't officially signed them, right? I don't think we've yeah. done anything. Um but I like I like um Naismith. I think I think he'll add to the bench um and really be a guy that can get something going coming off the bench. I was gonna say because that was a, a a kind of player type we looked for in our draft picks last year that didn't really go the way we wanted and I haven't quite seen it out of the was guys Langford and there, there were flashes I think especially in the the G League but no I don't think we really saw that like um what's the word that potential in in the big in the big leagues I guess which yeah, uh, yeah. It, I don't know I think I think we really did the best that we really could have so far yeah I, I mean this is I the most agree. this is the most move the Celtics have made in an offseason in a while I feel like I was gonna say, in terms it of never signing, really seems and... like the uh, the Celtics make like they made a lot of Gordon and Kyrie were big. That's fair. Yeah, and, we try I mean, to forget Kyrie too. though. Yeah, that's fair. But also, like they didn't make super big moves other than Hayward 
no, obviously leaving, but they're all, I'd, I'd argue, like you said, Ed, they're all good moves for the position we're in. They're smart moves. They're not going to be super flashy, but I think it seems it's really going to build towards making a better team. And Nicholas, like you said, speaking of guys in the G League, Taco Fall is coming back, baby, on a two-way contract, oh, nice. which I mean, I believe that's right. He can just come up and down between the G League and the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a guy that Boston loves. Boston loves Taco Fall. And I'd I'd love to see him like pan into this really really dominant big. I I don't know that it's there. This is a dude. I don't know if that's there either. Like but... the hype on him exploded during March Madness that year, and then went undrafted. So I it, it was a really kind of weird storyline there. But a guy that, if anything else, is just fun to to see play the game. No, exactly. I I don't know if he'll bring a lot in terms of statistics and actual physical play but Fan i think he's the guy though. that brings a lot of chemistry good chemistry to the team he seems like a guy that everybody likes from all the clips we saw coming out of the bubble yeah learning to swim and stuff and he's just like this comically large human being like it's it's exactly. all so funny like i think he just brings a good presence of being there um and just to have someone like the whole city just gets behind like it's like him and like marcus smart like everybody just loves them yeah and i think unless that's, anyone has anything else to add that's gonna do it for one of the longest first halves of this podcast we've seen in a while your piece because uh we're i mean we're just getting i mean the bruins is gonna be watch, but we're just getting warmed up man all right uh i think that does do it for the celtics so we will get into the bruins right after a quick word from our sponsor Alrighty, and moving on to the Boston Bruins, the only real news coming out of the NHL and the Bruins specifically is that we earlier today signed Jake DeBrusque to a two-year deal with an average annual value of $3.65 million. After Tory Krug walking, this is basically the next best thing we could have hoped for. Jake DeBrusque, another young guy that we've always said we want to see him stick around. We love the way he plays, the energy he brings very incredible His skater speed. yeah incredible speed he scored some crazy goals in the playoffs just with his moves his his stick handling his speed that were absolutely incredible and a guy one of the like i said one of those young guys we want to see continue to be on this team that i mean that's that's i'm just gonna uh, real quick because we we have a lot to uh digest in the patriots segment I, I love it. Jake DeBrusque, a solid guy in the second line that I really like to root for. Like you said, he's had some very, very much highlight plays in the, in the, um, I almost said bubble, but that was more the, I guess it was a bubble was technically, a bubble. Uh, but in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I do really like this deal and I hadn't even heard of it until you, till you put it in. It must've, you said it was just happened today. It, it literally happened when I checked my phone about five minutes before we started recording. So that was all right. Perfect. Ed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great move. Um, I think a necessary move uh, for this team um, as a Bruin speaking just on the Bruins as a whole, I think this upcoming season, is going to be big for them. I think either this season or next season is really a uh, title or bust year with this core. Um, Very much agree. So uh, the last, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you could almost argue about that last season. So 
We're almost on borrowed. Here time. we are again. Yeah. yeah. I also want to comment, Jake DeBrusque, one of the dudes with the weirdest hockey sticks in the league. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but he plays. He has with, a real curve it, on it. It's like it, the he? bow or something that just has a hole in the blade of the stick. Oh, like, that's a, right. A strip that's just missing, but then is taped over. Which I don't know how that works. It's just I, every time I see that dude stick, it makes no sense. It's all about hey, the man, weight. Whatever works. But what yeah. honestly, if he keeps playing like he's played, I'm all for it. And uh, other than that, the NHL supposedly still aiming to start the season at the new year. Um, the as, Winter as Classic and yeah, around around New Year's, I think is the goal. Also, rumors the, of playing outdoors too. ODR season, baby. I don't. I don't even know. I think those. I think those were shut down. Okay. Uh, but the the Winter Classic and the All Star Game have both been canceled for the upcoming season. I did see that today what too. What haven't been canceled though is some of the dopest jerseys that have been out there in a while. Not really the Bruins. So Adidas launched their reverse retro line of jerseys. We don't really need to talk about this. I just wanted to bring it up quickly, but. I mean the Bruins. Pretty, the Bruins don't like historically don't have that that cool of jerseys. Like they really. Gonna, well, we've yeah. never really changed. We've our never game. changed our logo that much. It's retro. either the big oh, bear cool. or the B, and it's like a color combination that like it, it's not out there or different in any way. It's like it's not any crazy colors. It's only just white, yellow, and black. Like it's. I think the only only thing that could have been crazy if they put the meth bear on front. <laughs> I would have loved it, but I can understand why they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, it does make sense. But they do have, I forget whether it's these jerseys. They have the really weird bear on the shoulder patches too of some of their old like. I think I think they put it on this one as a just, nice little uh, touch. But I but can not, understand some, why they didn't Some of them, like the Arizona Coyotes got some really cool ones. The Mighty Ducks have the throwback. Uh, I think it's Darkwing Duck jerseys. Just some really cool ones that as someone who's really interested in jerseys, like it's making me look. I really at the, like the, the, um, the Vegas, the Vegas throwbacks. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh, I have not go back to 2018. Yeah, throwback to our, Oh, first is that season. literally what they are? Yeah. No, they like, like our totally jerseys, I think. Yeah. Okay, they have some weird ones. Know. And then they have their third jerseys came out too, which is just like straight gold, but it's like sparkly. It, it looks kind of whack. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that they have a. But yeah, they they, they play it up like they've been in the league for so long, bro. Next, they're gonna line out. They're gonna roll out a line of Seattle Kraken reverse retros. Yeah. Oh, I'm all. I'm all on the Kraken wave. I do like the Kraken. These the it's like the cross swords, with the star. Oh yeah, the Vegas. I think so. And they also have like they they just rolled out their, like lower tier team like the yeah. silver knights or something which is like a reverse oh, retro are like they're just like red or something um, yeah they yeah. are they're red like, gray like, gold and black that's actually pretty cool and i, know, I, look, I think I their regular jerseys look better personally but um shall, shall we move into sadness boys oh <laughs> well hold on it's like it's happiness and then sadness because we missed a couple of weeks uh we're going to move into the Pats, basically, if you didn't get where that was going. Uh, we've missed three weeks. We've missed the Jets game, Ravens game, and Houston game. So the Jets game, we won. That's that's it. That's the end of that discussion. Barely. We, to have. we barely won. Nick Folk with the kick to win the game. Whatever. I just have it written down here. Somehow we beat the the Houston. No, no, we didn't. Somehow we beat the Baltimore Ravens, man. This was a game that it was like, whatever happens, happens. We're at this point in the season. Maybe we can turn it around. Who knows? Who cares? And I would say the Patriots, this was the first glimpse I had of it. There was a couple of drives in there. It was the most the Patriots have looked like the Patriots in years, where they would go down, 
push the ball down the field quickly, running, attacking through the air a little bit, given the conditions, it was more on the ground, and making big stops on defense. That's all it was. And we managed to sneak out a win 23 to 17. Uh, Mother Nature kind of helped us out in the end, man. That last drive was basically played inside of a hurricane. But I'll take what we can get on that one. So we can get into that game a little bit. Obviously, there's a I more mean, pressing game to if talk we're, about. If but... we're recording this a week ago and we just come off that Ravens oh, win, we're going to have a very different discussion than what we're going to have at the end of this episode. But you're right. I think they. Did they score on back-to-back drives in the first time for a while or something like that? They or is did that something like... impressive with scoring the ball? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was one I think you had, like after the first couple of games watching this Patriots team, you kind of had this marked down as a loss on your on your schedule. Uh, so to come out and win that, especially like the Patriots, we've said it for a couple of weeks now, I think, James, historically bad against mobile QBs. Uh, and the fact that we were able to kind of shut that down and, you know, our defense kind of showed up that game. That was huge. We really did get blessed on that last drive. Lamar could do nothing. Just I think they went, what, like maybe 15 yards. They might have got one first down or something. But it's just like you can't run the ball when you're down by a score with that little time left. But in those conditions, you can't throw the ball either. Yeah, so, so they kind of they were kind of tied. Um Ed, your thoughts on the Ravens game? Uh, well, at first, yeah, again, I was pumped. <laughs> I was like, this is this is the turnaround. This is the um so we they thought. look great for pretty much the whole game. There wasn't a lot of mistakes. Um and it felt like they finally were getting into a rhythm. Um but uh oh god yeah hold on before we, before, I, I mean before cam we get didn't to that before we get cam to didn't that. turn the ball over for the first time like since and week one or so no, there wasn't that's what i'm saying like, like they played mistake free football um and they just looked in sync and in rhythm um you know jc jackson was able to snag another pick i'm pretty sure in that game right? in the league yeah i don't think yeah. it was, it, how it, many straight it, games the pick was it for him or just for the team no, it was it was it was yeah five straight for him as of the Texans game we us and the Dolphins were the only team with a takeaway in every game I believe yeah yeah until but, uh, I mean it's one of those game. games where like if you look at the conditions it makes sense but Cam with a big game in the air with a 13 for 17 passing 118 yards and a touchdown Jacoby Myers showing off that arm the new Julian Edelman uh <laughs> one for one 24 yards in a tutty Damian Harris uh he's shown man that he's he can be something with Sony Michelle missing a quite a bit of time recently due to to COVID and injuries 22 carries 121 yards it's really tough to tell if these are like actually good stats when it's so wet and you just see running backs bounce off of people in these conditions traditionally but I mean the offense looked good. Like you said, the defense looked good. JC Jackson snagging a pick. We, I mean, we basically rendered a, a lot of this very dynamic Ravens offense rather useless throughout the game. They just, like you said, Ed, they looked in sync. We looked like maybe this is our role. This is our time. We're coming off. We took that turnaround game versus the Jets. Won this game versus the Ravens. You know, it's time to turn it around. This can right the ship. And the ship immediately just hit an iceberg. And, uh... I don't know how many icebergs there are in Houston, but I'm taking we a found loss one. to the what were two and seven Houston yes. Texans. They were very bad. A team that 
like we should have beaten this team. We couldn't get it <laughs> coming from playing one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. We played incredibly well. We couldn't get a stop for the life of us in this in this game. I believe no takeaways, right? Right. Mm-mm. Yep. Um, no, no turnovers or anything. No turnovers for our defense. I mean, Demir Bird had a game, so it's really cool because we've seen in recent weeks both Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird have really incredible football games, putting up a lot of yardage. Um, Demir Bird really benefiting off of a, a very long touchdown by Cam Newton, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Which was his longest since what week two of twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen. I think we decided was on the broadcast, but yep. Overall, like good stats for the team. Cam Newton twenty six of forty, three hundred and sixty five yards to the air and a touchdown. Once again, no no giveaways by Cam, which was really big. Couple that probably should have been a lot of bad balls too. One volleyball lot, spike lot, for Cam. A lot of blocks blocks by the O line or D line. Pardon me. I mean, Damian Harris. Couldn't really get it going on the ground. 11 for 43 and one touchdown. Uh, Rex Burkhead injured in that game, and it did not look good. One thing I noticed in this game is Cam Newton barely ran the ball at all, where he had, he'd go through, check his reads once or twice, and he'd just sit in the pocket and wait, uh, where it felt like a couple times he could have taken off. But it's one of those things where week to week, you ex- you expect to see him run a lot, and he doesn't. You don't expect him to s- see him run, and then boom, he, he runs for 50 75 yards it's one of those things where i don't know if it's in the game plan or if it's just him as a quarterback if he's the one making those decisions i don't really know but i've talked for a lot what do you guys just what initial reactions to this game really and where you think this puts us in terms of the league in the season moving forward go ahead Ed. well uh, where it puts us in the league obviously is just not good they're not we, really we can we can talk that. about we can talk about the league and playoffs in a, in a minute just yeah i think initial game reactions uh game reactions really i thought the underlying theme of this for us was we couldn't show up when it mattered we couldn't get a stop when it counted we couldn't get a drive or score when it mattered um like you looked on like that last our last two drives like our O-line could not protect Cam or give Cam any time. I was going to um, say, too, real quick, I hate to interject, but it also just, like, the amount of third down, like, second and long th- or third down conversions that the Houston Texans seem to get all day long. No. Our terrible. O-line was struggling. Um, and, again, especially on the drives that really mattered. Um, and there was some questionable game plan choices. I personally thought, um, I know everybody talks to the Patriots, obviously what makes this work so well is we do one thing one week and then the next we'll do something completely different. Um, and obviously last, uh, last week against Baltimore, we were hammering the run game. Um, but this was a case where I thought it was okay to do that again. Um, just because Texas has been so bad against the run this year. Um, and especially with Damian Harris picking up a lot of roles, I thought it was, I, I don't know if I totally agreed with him only getting 11 carries. Um, he wasn't turning in a lot of yards, but he was still averaging around, like, I think it was four yards a carry that game. Um, or the fact that like James, you mentioned that cam wasn't running that much. Like this was another game where I was like, they're going to go ground and pound, just run the ball, uh, against this Houston defense that can't stop the run. And then we just did the opposite. Um, I mean, Houston obviously had prepared for that. 
but I still was just surprised that we ran the ball so little. Um, I was kind of thinking we were going to do a healthy mix between the two. Um, but that being said, Cam still threw the ball great. Um, I thought it was his best passing game. Well, one of his best passing Probably games. Probably since week two, honestly. There yeah. was definitely some mistakes in there. Again, especially in the fourth quarter, like when we needed something to happen, he would have a low ball or that oh, one that he had batted down by Watt and then had to bat it down himself. Um, and really just the theme of we just couldn't show up when it mattered. Yeah, I think I had a, I just had a, a, a thought here and I com- I completely lost it. Um the, the run, that's what I was going to talk about, the run game. I think the, this is something the announcers touched on. Usually, and James, you'll probably know more about this, so you can correct me, you you line up with like a three D-line set. It's pretty common, but I think it, Houston it depends. was... Most, most teams traditionally run what's called a 3-4 or 4-3, so it's either you run three guys across the front and then four behind them or four across the front, three behind So them. I think Texans were running a 4-3, and the announcers are saying that kind of says like, hey, we're going to we're gonna pack the box and, oh, they were and make you... Of, yeah. And we're gonna pack the pack the box and and pack the lanes and and you know make force you to to throw the ball, which Cam did twenty six for forty three hundred sixty five yards, and he threw for a touchdown, which is rare for him. Uh, yeah, but Ed, you're right. Ed, you're right. I think I think the run game was underutilized. Damian Harris only getting eleven carries. You were right, forty three yards. So that's an average of you know just under uh, four yards a carry. Uh, you know, James White got a couple of carries. Um, Burkhead got a couple before he was taken out. And Cam only running the ball three times, like you that mentioned, was, James. That was the biggest surprise for me. I thought, yeah, Harris's carries were a little low, but then just them not using Cam's ability to run was very interesting. I'm trying to think, too. Some, were any of those actual designed run plays for Cam, or were those just scrambles? I think they were probably just scrambles. There might I, don't have been a, I think there might have been a sneak in there, too, like a QB. There was definitely – no, there was a sneak. I think we had a third and – third and one or third and short or something but you're right i don't remember a time where like cam did what he did like face the handout face the pass or whatever and you know takes it like it's obviously a drawn up play uh one thing i did like is they use james white well out of the backfield when he he does well when he not only runs the ball but catches a couple passes and is able to be used as that you know receiver weapon as well so getting five carries but also six receptions for 64 yards uh, a couple of nice long screen runs. I think one was on the very first one of drive. the first plays of the game. One of the yeah, first plays was... of the game was a big chunk play, and you know we're saying, okay, this is what we want to see, like a, a quick drive down the field that ends in a touchdown. But I, I want to talk about the defense too because I don't like for traditionally how good our defense is supposed to be. I don't think they showed up and, and played to the level that they were capable of. You know, not getting a takeaway, that's, you know, that's you can't be expected to, you know, intercept the ball every game. Deshaun Watson is a, you know, a comp, uh, comparable QB. He played extremely well, 344 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, he just, he destroyed us through the air. You know, Brandon Cooks at 85 yards. Uh, is it Jordan Akins? That sounds yeah. right. Uh, yeah, Jordan Akins at 83 Will. yards, Will Fuller, 80 yards, you know, big games by multiple receivers on the Houston Texans that we just, you know, and we had Gilmore back. We weren't able to do anything with our, you know, former defensive player of the year. Um, though that being said, like realistically, like, I don't think you, like Houston's not great and we definitely should have won this game. I think we were the better team, at least going into it. Um, 
Houston, I I think they're better than their record shows. Um, mainly, like personally, I think they're realistically more like um, two and four, or <laughs> because they fired Bill O'Brien what week four? Whenever they fired Bill O'Brien, I they feel like o- they were over right when they fired Bill. They were, O'Brien. Yeah, they were like oh for four. Whenever they fired O'Brien, I feel like their season reset because they still have a lot of talent on that roster. Deshaun Watson, obviously. Um, Top five, top yeah, I'd say top five. Mm. Top ten, top, top 10. definitely top. I'd 10. wager top ten, yeah. Um, fringe top five at best. Uh, quarterback in the league right now. Um, and like their wide receivers, I mean Brandon Cooks he took his had, best weapon away this off season too. Exactly. Everybody's like, oh, they're terrible. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Like, who does he have to throw to? He's got Brandon Cooks, and I know he's not what he used to be, or you could say he hasn't lived up to his potential um, through all his concussions and injuries. But, like, Will Fuller, I think, is kind of an underrated, under-the-radar wide receiver. Dude is fast, um, and he can get open. So um, he's a he's – I don't know the exact stats, so I won't throw anything out there, but he, I think, has some of the – like most 50 plus yard touchdowns. Oh, yeah. he, he's he, very consistent. He's, he's no a guy joke. that can break away for sure. Um, and he's kind of lived in uh, DeAndre Hopkins's his shadow, his whole career, essentially. Um, and now that the Texans are so bad this season, he hasn't really, nobody talks about him. I've, I've kept up quite a bit with him through fantasy. Um, and he's no joke. He's a good receiver. He's not play um, around, man. Aikens also had a good game. Um, but like, there's talented guys on that team. On the defensive side of the ball, JJ Watt is still there. Um, they also have Merciless, who is, who's a pretty big name on there as well. Whitney Merciless, I believe. Like, Houston's a good team. Um, and again, like I thought we played good football, just we couldn't show up when it mattered. And Houston is a good team. I don't think they're as bad as people say. I still think we should have won, though. I agree. And I'm just like scrolling through the detailed game report here. And we have very similar stats actually to to what Houston put up similar, like, you know, longest plays. Ours were 50, 42, 34. Houston had 44, 25, 24, you know, around the same 50% third down uh, efficiency. We actually had a couple more minutes in the time of possession battle, I believe, Uh, you know, very similar stats, but you're right. I think we were kind of expected to win this game going in. Uh, I think it's very accurate to say that two and seven was not uh, completely representative of, of, you know, who's on this team and what, but a game we definitely should have won. Uh, we probably should have won, I'll say, and puts us in a very dicey situation going forward here. Yeah. Quickly, before we move on to that, which we can talk a little bit about, I know I've been talking for a long time now, but I do want to say once again, we talked about in the Ravens game, the Patriots traditionally do worse against like mobile QBs. And we've neglected to mention that Deshaun Watson is one of the most mobile QBs who then also has an incredible arm to complement that skill in this league. I, I'm looking at the, the stats here. I don't think we recorded a sack all game long. It looked like this dude was stuck behind four guys and would just zip around. No, the there, edge there were there. Yeah, there were opportunities and, and he was able he to get, would out get of it. He would get forward for four or he'd find a guy who's open downfield. And that's what led to a lot of those second, third down conversions where they're just able to keep the ball moving. And it seems like we're a team that we're, we're very run heavy on first down. And it's basically, if we don't get a good chunk on first or second down, we don't thrive in those, you know, third and mid third and long situations. We're not a team that typically goes for on four downs unless we absolutely need to. And 
even then we haven't had great plays drawn up for us on fourth downs but i completely agree ed it's really become a theme of this game and unfortunately this season it feels like that the team just isn't making big plays when they need to whether it's a big stop on defense or it's seen we've seen how many games now that have come down to a game-winning drive it's been so seattle loss look at the schedule here um Den- I, I Denver, I don't even know. That game was a bunch of field goals and stuff, but we couldn't get a single good drive going. Uh, I mean, Buff- Buffalo out. fumble on the last drive there. The the Jets, I mean, we did win, but it, we struggled to stop a Jets team all night long. But time and time again, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I would so rather be up by three, up by seven, and have to make the stop in the last minute of the game, then have us down by three, down by seven, having to go down the field, you know, put up a touch or put up a put up a field goal, or even worse, put up a touchdown. It it seems like we're not suited for that. And it, it was so sad because the fourth down play was, you know, Cam Newton drops back and is immediately under fire and barely scrambles around and basically gets wrapped up before it can minutely get the ball out of his hands to skitter across you know for a yard and a half across the ground on a fourth down so it it's a team that i really in my opinion i lack the confidence watching on those important you know game winning game tying drives in the fourth quarter we i think this is a team that we need to have the lead heading into the end of the game regardless of what it is I, this isn't a team that's gonna go down and tie a game you, you saw last night with the kansas city chiefs and the the Raiders game, Kansas City's down by a minute a minute and a half, down by whatever. Go downfield, score a touchdown. And I'm not saying we have that level of talent on this team, but I wish we did. But it, it's a team that just can't get it going when they need to, especially when it's in the late game. So we need to establish ourselves early, which we did a good job of doing at the lack of getting a stop seemingly all game long. That was really long and drawn out. And we'll move on to, like you said, Nicholas, putting us in a dicey situation moving forward. We don't need to get super into this. I say we focus mostly on the AFC East this week. And depending on how this week goes, we can kind of dive in because I think that all of the AFC East teams are playing. We had the Buffalo Bills on bye week last week, so... I don't, a, I don't have Miami those loss. schedules. I don't have those yeah, schedules. Pull I, up. I we can got, work on those. If you guys want to I talk mean, about just how you feel about our position in the AFC East and what you think it's going to take to, at this point, I wouldn't even say win the division. I would say secure a playoff spot, I guess. Yeah. And I think let's, let's just throw the jets away. That team is not going anywhere. It is not going to bother anyone. We're blessed that we have another game against them. Hopefully it turns out better than the first one. Uh, I think we got, we got lucky this weekend with Miami dropping a game to Denver. Uh, that very easily could have, um, they very easily could have won that, I think, and and that would have pushed them to what are what are they at now? Four. It would have been six seven. and four. They would have been seven and three up there with the Bills. So um, we we need to go on a run here. You got you got Arizona Chargers and Rams, and then we finish out with our three AFC East opponents. Um, I think you definitely have to beat the Dolphins again. Uh, that way we lock up that we for for sure secure that tiebreaker if we want to you know even push for second uh, in this division. But I think you're right, James. It doesn't even come down to winning the division anymore. It's what do we have to do to just to just get into the playoffs? And 
the the easy answer is win, but you know, which games I think are, are most important. And I would put the AFC East ones, you know, obviously those are always important. Yeah, Yeah. I do think we have a huge benefit ending the season that way because barring an utter meltdown the next, what, three weeks, which believe me, it's possible, barring that, it gives us the opportunity to make up a lot of ground in not a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, again, we're not going to catch Buffalo at this point. Um but really, I think yeah, it's going to be coming to how do we beat Miami? Because um, they're obvious they're in contention for this wild card spot, um, and how do we catch them? Uh, and it's going to be well. Obviously, we have to win. Um, and Miami really has looking at their schedule three games. Well, I guess four um, after they play us, but they have three games um, that I think they have a decent shot at losing which works out in our favor um as they have to play kansas city uh las vegas um and then buffalo at the end um and i know we want buffalo to lose obviously but i don't think we're going to be catching them so i think we're all rooting for buffalo in that week uh that last week game um but like i don't think they're gonna lose to cincinnati um and i also think especially now yeah I was going to say, now that Joe Burrow's gone, they're not going to lose to Cincinnati. Um, and also, I think Vegas, um, I think it'll be a close game. I think that, that's a very, actually, toss-up game. But I think the the Chiefs um, and the Bills um, are kind of our two main losses we're looking at as we're two games out, um, outside of our own game against them. Um, but, it, yeah, it's really going to be how can we catch Miami, um, Baltimore or Tennessee. Uh, yeah, or even even the the Browns are up here too, and I don't think that seven and three record is is completely fair. But we gotta hope the Browns. Uh, that yeah. that Miami matchup versus the Raiders is interesting because the Raiders are actually you know one of the one one of the uh, the playoff teams right now. They're slipping in that seventh or that third wild card spot. Pardon me. Uh, so that's that's kind of a tough one there. It's it's I think you you get to that week and we're gonna have to decide who who you want to win that game. I don't think we can decide now. It's going to depend on when did they, when did they play the Raiders? Uh, two weeks. Second to last week. Uh, so oh, okay. So there's two, some time. Three, so yeah. Or five weeks. Really? I think our game with Miami will decide that. If yeah. We I think, I think if we beat Miami, you hope Miami goes ahead and then beats the Raiders. That way we can make up a ground kind of on both teams. Um, uh, but you know, it's difficult <laughs> no matter how you look. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely going to be it's tough. not a traditional Patriot season where you've, you know, almost we've secured the AFC, the AFC East by East now. Right now. But yeah, it's crazy to think that come, you know, week 17, we're looking at our matchup with the Jets as much, if not like, or we're looking at our matchup less than we are looking at the matchup between the Dolphins and Mills because that could be a huge, huge game for us getting either ahead of. The Dolphins get ahead of the Bills, probably not going to happen, get into a playoff spot, whatever it is. Uh, looking ahead at Buffalo's schedule, it's it's comforting for us because they do play the Chargers, who are, I don't think their record is accurate of the performance that team has done because they've just blown <laughs> lead after lead after lead after great performance. They're like the only team. Uh, it's them, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, 
that haven't lost a game by more than a score. Yeah. So you got, you know, Chargers, 49ers, Steelers who are undefeated, Broncos who have been sneakily good against both the Patriots and the Dolphins, uh, us, which is going to be a huge game, whether or not it's going to be difficult for them, who knows. But, I, I mean, four tough games in the next four weeks, or what can be four tough games in the next four weeks, and it's something where that, I mean, looking at it, there's a lot of possibility in the next you know, four weeks for them and just six weeks of the season in general. There's a possibility for a lot of movement looking at our schedule, looking at Bill's schedule, looking at the Miami Dolphins schedule. There's a lot of possibility for movement there up and down and all around. And also going to be watching those other teams that are kind of in the hunt. But yeah, like you said, Nikos, it's a very non-traditional experience for us Patriots fans worrying about how we're going to get into the playoffs at this point in the season but we're usually just deciding which seed we'd like but uh <laughs> it's going to be an interesting year man but I, I I am not ready to call it I would have loved and we'd like you said we'd have be having a completely different conversation coming off a win against Houston but I, I'm not ready to say it's over quite yet I mean, just, just looking ahead, I've, I've, you know, gone against what we were saying here and briefly looked up some other teams. I'm looking at the Titans and the Browns schedule, both teams that are ahead of us. And to be honest, they, they could easily not win outright, but they, both of them might only drop two more games. You know, the Titans are playing the Colts, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans. So Packers and Colts and Brown and Colts and maybe Browns might be your hardest thing there. The Browns play the Jaguars, the Titans, the Ravens, the Giants, the Jets, and then the Steelers. So only a couple hard games for them. Uh, it's going to be tough, and we're going to need it's, – it's going to take more than just us winning to, I think, grab one of these spots, especially something higher than, you know, that last wild card spot. We need some other teams to lose, and I don't know if that's going to happen, to be honest. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I think in the scenario we're in right now um, – there's a real chance we could win out and still miss the playoffs at 10 and six. Um, just because the AFC got real good this year. Um, like you just look at the amount of teams that are like in the hunt still in their records. If we were in the NFC this year, we would be like we're in the in NFC the East dude. We'd have we it in the, the bag. We would be having a home playoff game. This is something we talked about at length before the podcast was just the, the, the NFC East, but I mean, we don't really need to get into that. We're not in the NFC East. We need to focus I on... I wish we were. Yeah, seriously. Um, just for those of you who don't know, the Philadelphia Eagles are leading that division with a booming record of 3-6-1. and one. So, What I would give to play twice... Well, granted, we already play... We did typically play three play very team. bad teams twice a year, but now they get to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of the NFC West, like if we were in any division in the nfc right now or just anywhere in the nfc outside of probably the nfc west we 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 would be in contention for playoffs um just it happened that the afc has a lot of a lot of good teams this year a lot of teams that are six six and four seven and three right now um yeah it's it's just how the cards fell this year yeah, and that's right. something we, we talked about before the show and maybe we'll tease a little bit here. We we threw around the idea of building a nfc east all-star team in lieu of sending a single team from that division to the playoffs because they are so so bad but i don't know maybe that'll come through maybe it won't but 
I think. I think it depends on how the Patriots do. If yeah, they do if we poorly, have, we might we need something to, complain, to laugh about. So. We have enough to complain about here. Maybe we'll just start clowning on other teams to get rid of that, the bad feelings we feel instead. I think that that wraps it That's up. That's going to do it. Let's, let's, we're going in circles now, I think. Yeah. I mean, we could sit here forever, man, but I think that does it. I, I mean, that- this is something that's probably going to happen the next, until the, until one, we either get eliminated from the playoffs or the end of the year is probably this is going to discussion we're going to have every week because yeah. well, every, every week stuff is going to change. another game, like if, if we drop one in Miami, if we drop a game, not, not to the, the Browns, Bills, even if like, we drop a game, not to the Bills, I think. Yeah. To so, the Bills, man. We're gonna need making anything. the playoffs this year in the AFC at nine and seven is gonna be hard, I think. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're gonna have a four think, and again, 10 if we were the NFC four eleven and one team. Spot, bro. I, think be, I think I we essentially have to win out. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting six weeks of football. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um just there's a I lot mean, uh, to yeah. play for right now. Yeah, think Honestly, of the other more, side of it. We're more used than there to... really has ever been. We've played in Super Bowls and AFC Championships and all that. But this is like, this is some of the most we've played for, man. Uh, like you were saying, this has been a very year. long time since we've, you know, not had like a playoff spot. In our number one spot, man, this is on this our is like on the horizon. So this is territory. This is something. This is is this what every other team feels like every this year? Is historic. This is a very privileged Boston sports thing to say, way. but let's uh, let's let's wrap it up here. Ed, thank you so much for being on. We really do appreciate it. Oh, Always good to have you on. on. I'm you sure guys. I'm sure you'll be back before the Patriots season is oh, over. I, so I we'll revisit this conversation. Um, we need to start getting people on for the Pats previews. I think. I Man, we need to just get all the homies on. We'll work on that in, in the we coming will. weeks. I'm yeah, always, could be I'm chaos. always glad to come on. Always. Oh, yeah. That could be chaos. Anyway, that is going to do it for us. Thank you all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Leave a rating, leave a like, leave something on whatever podcast platform you listen to uh, on and consider subscribing. That way your phone sends it to you right away. You don't have to do anything. It just shows up there every week or whenever we decide to record, I guess. Uh, if you want to keep up with us outside of the podcast, Instagram is Brady Bros Boston. YouTube is Brady Bros. The Twitter is Brady Bros. My Twitter is Brady Bros. Nick, pardon me. James Twitter is James B underscore Boston. James, anything else to add? Uh, I do want to quickly add that the Cam Newton over one and a half or under one and a half passing touchdowns still <laughs> is is unbeaten or undefeated. Same thing. This year. This, this, this year. entire year. I've been saying it for weeks now. I'm not a gambling expert. But I've put my money where my mouth is. It, it, it's basically either goes under and you make money, he goes over and we win the game. I've been 100% correct with that since saying it. I will keep hammering it because, good Lord, do I want to see that dude throw two touchdowns in a game. I want to see it happen, but I don't think it's scientifically possible anymore. Other than that, you just keep making money off of a bet that I randomly found one week. So keep doing that. That's it. That's all I had. All right. Thank you once again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. See ya.